0: Hello, and welcome to Stories from India, a podcast where we talk about myths, legends and folk tales from India. I'm your host, Narad Muni, and I'm a mythological character myself. I have the gift of eternal life and knowledge of the past, the present and the future. By profession, I'm a traveling musician and a storyteller, so the way I'm doing my job is by podcast. Though I have perfect knowledge, I sometimes have an imperfect recall mechanism. On the Nandi mini-episode, I incorrectly said that Mount Kailash is in the Himalayas. Actually, it's in a mountain range called the Kailash Range that lies beyond the Himalayas. In this episode, we'll explore the story behind the Rath Yatra, which would have taken place this Tuesday. We'll learn why you should keep your curiosity in check, especially if you've got an excellent artist working for you. We'll also learn that it's possible for a drifting log of wood to float all the way from the Arabian Sea to the Bay of Bengal. So let's dive in. Our story begins on a dark day, very far from Puri. In Dwarika, in the state of Gujarat, Lord Krishna had passed away. He had accomplished a lot in his life, as we'll discover when we get to the Mahabharata episodes. Krishna's death, though sad, was one he had himself predicted. He had left some very specific instructions for Balram, his elder brother, And those instructions included surgery. When Krishna was cremated, Balram kept the heart. Following his brother's wishes, he bound Krishna's heart to a log of wood and set it adrift in the Arabian Sea. It took a few tries to get this right, as you can imagine. Instead of studying the intricate details of ocean currents to understand how a log could end up in the sea on the other side of India, let us simply skip forward a few millennia. The heart was still bound to the log. Balram had done a very effective job. But what state was it in? Did thousands of years of saltwater exposure wear it away? Did the sharks and other fish tried to nibble at it? Were there barnacles on it? Or was it perfectly preserved, like the beating heart of Davy Jones in the Pirates of the Caribbean movies? The answer is none of the above. We are talking about a divine heart here, not an ordinary one. The heart had become a brilliant blue-colored stone, After effectively following many different ocean currents and sailing the world, the log and the heart finally landed on a beach in Odisha, near Puri. It was not a crowded beach. In fact, there was no one else there. But soon, a group of people arrived. They were tourists from a nearby village and they'd been having the most awful day. They'd left their village excited for a day of fun. They wanted to go sightseeing in town, eat some dinner, watch a stage show, but this was not to be. They'd expected sunny weather and had picked an open top bullock cart. But the moment they began their journey There was a sudden thunderstorm, and it left them soaking wet. What's more, a wheel came off the cart, and they had to work to get the spare wheel fitted on in the heavy rain. The spare wheel was the wrong size, and that resulted in a very wobbly ride. They had forgotten to bring their packed lunch, So they hadn't even had a bite to eat. A little girl in the group suggested that they take a detour to their beach nearby. They couldn't shelter from the rain, but maybe there were coconut trees. At least they might be able to eat and drink. The village chief who was in the group liked the idea. And there were coconut trees. But the rain had made it all slippery and they couldn't reach any of the coconuts. Could the day get any worse? As it turned out, no, it was only going to get better. Someone in the group noticed a huge log of wood on the beach and a strange blue stone attached to it. They went closer and the chief? picked up the stone. Yeah, just like that. All those thousands of years, the stone and the log were bound tightly, and yet, the chief was able to effortlessly pick the stone off of the log. The moment he did, there was a miraculous change. The rain stopped, and the sun was out. There was a beautiful rainbow. Birds were singing, Dolphins were jumping out of the water, as if celebrating something. The coconut trees bent and swayed, and a few of the ripest coconuts broke off and gently rolled to a stop near the tourist's feet. A man appeared out of nowhere, pulling an ice cooler, and explained that the cooler had broken, and rather than waste all the ice cream inside, would they kindly help him by eating all of it? He didn't want it to go to waste. Well, that settled it. This stone was divine, and from this day their village would worship it. They would also keep it in a secret location. Anyone who knew the power of the stone was certainly going to try to take it away. Their king would want it for himself. But despite their best precautions, the king did hear about it, through the car driver's network. The king immediately sent down a spy to find out where the stone was. This may remind you of episode 27, The Rise of Shukra. Kacha was sent as a spy to learn the secret of the Sanjeevni mantra from Shukracharya. Much like Kutcher, the spy romanced the village chief's daughter. But unlike Kutch, he married the daughter. The spy persuaded his new father-in-law to let him pay respects to the stone that everyone in the village except for himself knew about. The chief was hesitant because his son-in-law was an outsider. True, he had had a background check and those official-looking government documents looked real. But that didn't mean a thing if the boy was a government spy. He finally agreed to take his son-in-law to the stone, but on condition that he come along blindfolded. Blindfolding is not a spy-proof solution. In fact, the first thing they taught in the king's spy school was how to work around this. Even the little boy in the Hansel and Gretel fairy tale knew how to deal with this. The spy grabbed a handful of mustard seeds and on his journey to the stone, scattered them along the route. Mustard seeds are very tiny and hardly noticeable. The chief did not suspect anything. They paid respects to the stone and went back home. All was well until about a month later, because that is the time it takes for mustard seeds to sprout, grow, and flower. The spy had no hesitation in betraying his wife and her father. He led the king and the king's army along the trail of the bright new yellow mustard flowers. Luckily for him, the path to the stone did not pass through a mustard field. The king was amazed by the brilliance of the stone. However, when he reached out his hand to grab it, there was a sudden puff of smoke, and the idol vanished and was not seen again. The king had his soldiers secure a perimeter and search the area. But there was no sign of the stone, and no person behind any curtain who had pulled off such a trick. The king was disappointed. He had no choice but to go back. That night, he had a dream. Not his own dream, but one that was engineered by Krishna. Krishna explained to him in the dream what the stone was. He also asked the king to go to a specific place on the beach the same one where the stone had been found. The next day, armed with suntan lotion and a beach umbrella, the king went to the beach. As he looked at the huge log of wood, he understood why Krishna had asked him to visit this place. This was the very log that the heart had sailed on all the way from Dwarka. If the king wasn't going to have the stone, he would have the log. He built a big temple around the log. And this is known to us today as the Jagannath Temple in Puri. But a temple to worship just a log of wood left the first few visitors a little bit puzzled. They weren't sure whom they were praying to. The king was deep in thought trying to decide the next steps here when a carpenter showed up at his doorstep. The carpenter was a very old looking fellow. He volunteered to carve the log into idols. He came with the best of references and his website had great testimonials. The king picked him on the spot. The carpenter just had one minor request, a mere nothing you may say. All he wanted was to be left alone with the log for 21 days. The king agreed without thinking too much about it. The carpenter worked in a locked studio and the king had no way of monitoring progress. Strangely, The carpenter was also not receiving any food or water in his studio. On the fifteenth day, the king could not hold back his curiosity any longer. He could barge in and say that he was just worried about the carpenter's health. At his age, not eating or drinking for two weeks, how was he managing? The king did that. But the moment he did, the carpenter vanished into thin air, much like the stone had done. There were actually four idols in progress. That's why the idols, even today, look unfinished. They have no arms or legs. The shape isn't symmetric either. There was enough progress on the wooden idols, though, ...to tell them that they were meant to be Krishna, Balram and Subhadra. The idols that you would see today at the Jagannath temple... ...are replicas of the original idols that the carpenter left unfinished. That's all for now. Some notes on the show. Ocean currents show that it's not easy for something to drift... ...from the Arabian Sea to the Bay of Bengal. It can take centuries of drift... Across a very complicated path for this to happen. This Rath Yatra or chariot procession happens annually in Puri, in the state of Odisha, as well as in Gujarat. It's said to be the largest chariot procession in the world, except for this year, because it's going to be skipped. The number of people who gather for this yatra is enormous. And if you see some of the pictures that I've linked on the site, you'll understand why it can be such a logistical challenge to do this in the age of COVID. As part of tradition, a king sweeps the path of the chariot with a golden broom. A largely symbolic move to illustrate the gap between being a god and being a mere king. This is also a unique festival in that the idols leave the temple for a little while. There are four idols carved out of the log. Three of them are the siblings, Krishna, Balram and Subhadra. But the fourth one is Krishna's special weapon, a slicing wheel called the Sudarshan Chakra. The colors of the log idols are different as well, with the black one representing Krishna, the white one, Balram, and the yellow one, Subhadra. The English word Jagannath originated from this Rath Yatra, which begins at the Jagannath Temple. We've previously met Subhadra as the character of the week in episode 6, Fish Highwayman. That's all for this week. The character next week is a cousin of Krishna from the Mahabharata, who was born with three eyes and four hands. He also had a hundred get-out-of-jail-free cards. And yet, he used up all of them. If you have comments or suggestions, please leave a comment or a review on the site sfipodcast.com or tweet at SFI Podcast. You can also find me on Instagram and Facebook. Be sure to subscribe to the show to get notified automatically of new episodes. And thanks to all your listeners for your continued support. The music is from purpleplanet.com. That's purple-planet.com. I'll see you later.